morning, sons and daughters of God. It is good to be with you today through the, the gift of our online worship. We're glad that we can be together. And I'm here by myself except for the crew. And I will tell you, this crew has been quite faithful in helping us continue to bring these services to you. You know, sometimes we all struggle with um, what we think is right and which direction we need to take. Yogi Berra said, if you come to a fork in the road, take it. Well, sometimes we don't know which fork to take. And so we struggle trying to figure out uh, what's right and what's not. And we're going to talk about that today as we hear Paul tell us about the, the struggle to understand ourselves and how we live the life of faith. So I invite you to join us for this time of worship. Light a candle if you are uh, able to do so and be reminded of God's presence with you. And then uh, let's take a few moments to prepare ourselves for worship as we hear today's prelude.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love is everlasting, whose faithfulness endures from generation to generation. Amen. Let us pray. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us come before the Lord, who knows all things, even the secrets we would choose to hide, and confess how desperately we need his forgiveness. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. I, I do, do not, not understand my own actions, but, but I, I do, do know I've spent, spent a long time, time in sin's prison. prison. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. What, what I, don't I don't understand, understand about, about myself, myself is that I decide, decide one way, way but then, then I, I act another, another doing, doing things, things I absolutely, absolutely despise. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. The, the power, power of, of sin, sin within, within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions. intentions. I, I obviously need help. help. I, decide I decide to do, to do good, good, but I don't, I don't really do it. Do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. 
forgive us. I've, I've tried, tried everything, everything and, and nothing, nothing helps. helps. Renew us. I am I'm at, at the, the end, end of my rope. And lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Is there, Is there no, no one who can, can do anything for me? me? Isn't, Isn't that, that the real, real question? question? Dear friends, our gracious God knows how hard we struggle with sin. Our inner conflict is like a me versus me battle. We try our best, but always fall short. It's so tiring. It drains us to the point we just want to give up. But having confessed to God, having named our struggle, we are open to receive the blessing of God's grace and mercy. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lay your burdens down, says the Lord. Lay your burdens down and now live in the fullness of my love. Amen. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For the reign of God and for peace throughout the world, for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For your people here who have come to give you praise, for the strength to live your word, let us pray to the Let us pray together. You are great, O God, and greatly to be praised. You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. May your promised rest come to us in the midst of our burdens. Lift the pain of our hearts and the brokenness of our bodies, that we might live in your gentleness and humility all of our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The first reading is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9. The coming Messianic king will inaugurate an era of disarmament and prosperity. Because of God's covenant with Israel, the people are designated as prisoners of hope. A reading from Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off, and he command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double.
Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the book of Romans. Life captive to sin is a catch-22 existence in which we know good, but do not do it and do things we know to be wrong. Through Jesus Christ, God has set us free from such a futile existence. A reading from Romans. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, To what can I compare this generation? It is like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends, We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking and you say, He's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks. And you say, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, 
Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen. Author Max Licato tells a story about a precious little Pekingese puppy that he had when he was a boy. The puppy's name was Tina. And Tina's mother died when she was born. So for his first brush with parenthood, Max fed her milk from a bottle and did everything he needed to do to make sure she was well cared for. After she grew up a little bit, he went out one afternoon and says he found her down by the fence where she had cornered a a butterfly. And she was yelping and jumping, trying to catch the butterfly, having the time of her life. And he watched her doing that for a few minutes, and then he called to her, Tina, come here, girl, it's time to eat. And then what happened, Lucado says, really surprised him. Instead of turning and running toward him like she normally would do, she simply sat down. And she turned her head and looked at him. And then she turned back and looked at the butterfly. And then she looked back at him again. He said it was like for the first time in her life, Tina had a choice to make. Her want to drove her to desire that butterfly. But her should was telling her she needed to obey her master's voice. It was a classic case of struggle between want and should. Well, he watched for a few minutes and she obviously made her decision. She chose the butterfly. But after the butterfly made its way and disappeared from sight, Tina turned and slowly began to walk toward Max. And and he said he, he almost thought she was experiencing some guilt because she was walking very slowly with her head hanging down. It was like she knew that she had violated her should in favor of her want. Lakato called her name again and she must have sensed some forgiveness, and so she bolted right into his waiting arms. Okay, so maybe a dog can't really make a distinction between a want and a should. But we can. And we do all the time, right? We do it because we know that's what life is like. 
it's kind of like we've got this me that is wrapped up in the wants and the me that's wrapped up in the shoulds. And they're all the time tugging back and forth like a, a battle, like a me versus me kind of thing. And if that's true, then we should really be able to relate to what St. Paul says today. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way and then I act another. I know I shouldn't, but I do. And I end up doing the things I absolutely despise. Paul is opening up his heart to us today. Expressing this personal struggle with who is going to be in control. Which me is going to stay in control. And he's obviously confessing his weakness. Earlier in this letter to the Romans, Paul has clearly said that he knows that he has been set free to a new life in Christ. That Christ has saved him from, from bondage. But here he also says that even though he knows that, he still has to contend with a most dangerous threat. His human sinfulness. It's a constant battle. Me versus me. And folks, when we're honest, we realize that we're involved in that same battle every day. Now, I don't like to admit that that struggle goes on in my own life, but I do recognize it when it happens. And it's always so much easier to recognize it when it happens in somebody else, like it did one day at the grocery store. A very well-dressed woman was in front of me in line, and she was buying some plastic bowls. And when the checker scanned it, he said the total was 89 cents. And she looked up and she said, oh, that can't be right. She was actually buying three packs of those bowls, but they had been stacked on top of each other, and the checker didn't catch it. And he said, you could have gotten them for free if you hadn't said anything. And she said, you know, next time I'll try that. And then she caught herself. And she glanced over at me and had one of those smiles on her face that says, I know, I should never even think such things. She had been honest. The me of the should won out, but temptation fluttered around her. And she had at least thought about, wanted to try it. Paul is, is really talking about a lot more than just small temptations here, though. We do know how easy it is for us to be tempted. To say things, do things, think things that we should not do. But Paul is really describing something deeper, a, a condition that is part of our human life. It's what we confessed a few moments ago. We are in bondage. We are captive to sin, and we cannot free ourselves. 
Sin's power can control us even when we don't want it to, even when we know that it's wrong, even when we try to cut its control and push it away. It's still so strong. And so Paul is trying to help us understand that sin's power comes when we are are so insistent on asking, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of this? Because you see, we want to be in control. We want to do what I want to do. Say what I want to say. Think what I want to think. And the biblical language for this is, we want to be God. And that desire traps us. And it enslaves us until we start to believe that we don't just want to be God. We have a right to be God. We deserve it. If it's what I want to do, then it's bound to be okay. And nobody can tell me what I should or shouldn't do as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. But today Paul tells us that somebody is getting hurt. And that somebody is us. And we may not even realize it. He's trying to to get us to understand that we will become slaves. We will become captive to whatever and whomever we choose to obey. It's like an old Cherokee legend about a father who was teaching his young son. He says, everyone has two wolves inside of them. And one wolf is violent and destructive and wild. The other wolf is generous and peaceful and disciplined. And they are at war inside of you. They're doing battle with each other inside of you. So which one of these wolves will win? And the troubled son said, I don't know. And his father replied, the wolf who wins is the wolf you feed. Which wolf gets fed when we decide we are God? Which wolf gets fed when we insist on asking, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of all of this? Truth of the matter is, we really aren't very good at this me versus me battle. As hard as we try not to, we all fall into this bondage. It's part of being human. And its ultimate power over us is the delusion that we can be in control. That we really can save ourselves. But if we can do that, then why do we need God? 
You see, if it's all about me, then it's all up to me. And the harder we try to be God, the more we struggle to be in control, the more worn out we become. It's hard to be God. Especially when we work so hard to get what we want, only to discover it wasn't worth the price that we paid. It's exhausting to lie awake remembering all the things in the past that went wrong and realize we don't have any way to make amends for that. It's so tiring to feel like that everything we do or or that nothing we do is ever enough. And knowing that we've got to get up the next day and do it all over again and try to do it better but know that we can't. Wretched creature. Wretched creature that I am. Who will rescue me from this bondage? This bondage of death. Paul screams this question. And then he answers it. He answers it by reminding us there is someone who can free us from this bondage. It's the one who says, come to me. Come to me. All of you who are weary, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus sees us struggling, carrying that heavy burden and confusion about what is the difference between our wants and our shoulds. He knows how tired we are. How very much we would like to be free from the delusion about what life really is. So he invites us to come. It's like he says, you know, you've been trying so hard to live life your way. And it's wearing you out. Come and live my way. And you will find that it's not nearly as heavy as what you've been trying to do all along. He invites us to stop trying so hard and admit we need Him. And that's the whole heart of it, isn't it? Admitting our need for the rest that Jesus gives us. Our rest begins when we stop fighting Him. When we stop insisting that we are in control. Our rest comes in our willingness to to focus not so much on what's in it for me, but on how we can live together with Christ. 
it's not all about me. It's really all about us. Me. And Jesus. Now, I don't want to leave you with the impression that I think that following Christ is not complicated. It is. Butterflies of temptation are always going to be fluttering around us. The world is constantly going to to try and, and convince us to feed the wrong wolf, the one that destroys. And Jesus does ask a lot of us. But his invitation is to be yoked to him so that we can walk alongside of him and allow him to help us carry our burdens. And to know that he walks with us full of love and forgiveness and grace and acceptance. Again, he's inviting us to stop living like it's all about me and to start living like it's all about us. It's hard to understand why we do what we do and why it seems like such a struggle, this me versus me thing. And maybe this side of heaven, we won't ever really get it all figured out. But today, at least for today and hopefully for every day that stretches out before us, we can echo Paul's other words. Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. For He rescues us from the bonds of death and invites us to come. Those of us who are weary, carrying heavy burdens, come and you will find rest. Those of you who are fighting will find peace. Those of you who are hurting can find healing. Come. You will be loved, forgiven, renewed, and accepted for who you are. Come. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
I invite you to affirm your baptism with the Apostles' Creed by which we baptize. I believe in God the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. May the peace of Christ be with you. God's peace be with you. The peace, peace of Christ, Christ be, be with you. you.
Whether alone or with a small group, let us join together to pray to God, our stronghold for all the needs of the world, responding to each petition with the phrase, in mercy, receive our prayer. We pray for the church around the globe, where Christians are assembling for worship. Protect them from viral infection. Where Christians are worshiping with print and screen, grant them steadfastness in your word. Strengthen those believers who doubt your goodness. Bless pastors, deacons, and committee members as they serve our congregation in this difficult time. O oh God, you are gracious and full of compassion. In mercy, receive our prayer. We pray for the well-being of creation. Grant renewal in the air, the waters, and the lands. Save the animals whose natural habitat is threatened by climate change or human carelessness, and direct us towards sustainable living. Preserve the fields of Kenya from locusts. Nourish our country's green spaces. O oh God, you are gracious and full of compassion. In mercy, receive our prayer. We pray for the nations, keep the world from war, pave the way for just elections, protect citizens from the designs of autocratic rulers, uphold our courts, guide our national and state governments in finding ways to redress the wrongs of racism and to ensure equality for all. O oh God, you are gracious and full of compassion. In mercy, we pray for those who are sick and suffering. Console the fearful, feed the hungry, house the homeless, shelter the runaways. Heal the many who are newly afflicted with the coronavirus and guide researchers in discovering a vaccine. Visit the sick whom we name here now. Leslie Ashheimer. Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Larry Crawford, Sam Green, Kay Katz, Earl Schofield, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Sherrill, Bill Shomo, Lou Ray Spaulding, Roger Strong, Ron Wagner, and those held in our hearts or on our lips. O oh God, you are gracious and full of compassion. In mercy, receive our prayer. We pray for infants and young children, that they be carefully tended. We pray for teens, that they keep patience throughout the contagion. We pray for school boards, that they find solutions for the fall semester. We pray for the unemployed, that they find jobs. We pray for medical workers, that they remain healthy. We pray for the aged, especially those in care facilities, that they find companionship in your presence. O oh God, you are gracious and full of compassion. In mercy, receive our prayer. We pray finally for ourselves. Show us that the yoke of faith is easy. May we find our rest in you. Hear now our private petitions.
In mercy, receive our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, for the sake of him who bore the heavy yoke for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, we welcome you to this time of worship, and we pray that uh, this time has been meaningful for you and those with you. And We invite you to share this with uh, family and friends uh, as we uh, want to reach out through this online service to our community. Again, we remind you that we uh, have launched our new website. It's mylcor.org, and we've had good reviews so far, and we hope to be using that a whole lot more in the future to communicate a lot of the activities and, and events that are going to be going on throughout the life of our congregation. And one such thing that we want to celebrate is Chris and Carol J. Rose, uh, daughter being born this week. Geneva Estelle was born on June 30th, and um, uh, they, she is the granddaughter of Jesse and Carolyn Brock. And so we uh, rejoice in the gift of new life to our uh, reconciliation family. Now, hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now, and God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us new life and brings rest to our souls. And so we go on each day living, trusting that this God will continue to bless and keep us, that God's face will continue to shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will continue to look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen.
Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.